God's word. Come on, say it with conviction. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We're thankful because the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you that your word is quick and powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it can divide between soul and spirit. And so this morning, Father, we are depending on the power of your word to transform our lives. And as I decrease now, I thank you for the anointing of God on my life to increase so that everyone in this place will leave spiritually fed and their lives will be much better than it was when they came in. And I declare that now in Jesus' name. Can everybody say? Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. I believe that God wants the best for his children. Can you say amen to that? How many uh, in here have children? Don't you want the best for your children? Well, I believe God wants the best for his children. And with that said, he has made us some promises that require preparation on our part. And I've discovered a major blessing. Say major blessing. I've discovered a major blessing that most believers are not prepared for. So today I want to share a topic that should prepare every believer to be blessed beyond their wildest dreams. And so if you're taking notes, today's title is, Can You Handle the 100-Fold Blessing? Can you handle the 100 Full blessing. And I want you to get ready to grow, get ready to mature as you hear God's word today so that you're in position to receive the hundredfold. Now, let me just ask this. How many of you in this room would love to see a manifestation of hundredfold blessing in your life? Let me see your hand. Oh, my God. So, if you have your Bibles, find Mark chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 17, Mark 10, 17. And then I want you to look at Mark chapter 4, verses 20. And I may change that one. But Mark 10, 17, and then possibly Mark chapter, 10, uh, Mark chapter 4, verses 20. Now let me define what the word uh, persecution means because... That's going to be the focus of what we talk about today. Uh, let's read the verse first. The verse says in Mark chapter 10, verse 17, 
It says, and when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running, and he kneeled to him and asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why are you calling me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. He says, you know the commandments. I wonder how Jesus knew this guy knew the commandments. Maybe he prophetically knew. Maybe they went to preschool together. Maybe they had the same babysitter. But he said, you know the commandments. And he started out with some of those commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor your father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all of these I have observed from my youth. And then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, There is one thing that you what? There's one thing that you're missing. He says, go your way and sell whatever you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come and take up your cross and follow me. Verse 22. And he was happy at that saying. What was he? He was sad at that saying and he went away what? Man, grieving is what you do when people die. He went away grieved for he had great what possessions and Jesus looked round about him and he said unto his disciples how hardly shall they that have riches enter the kingdom of God now he didn't say they couldn't enter he just says it's harder and I'll show you why in the next verse because the next verse says and his disciples were astonished and Jesus answered and said again unto them children how hard is it for those that do what trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, it didn't say that God didn't want us to have riches. He was really just saying he didn't want riches to have us. Look at verse 26. And they were astonished without measure, and they said among themselves, Who then can be saved? Why would they say that? Because they had money. Before Jesus called Peter, remember he wanted to use Peter's boat to go fishing and that night Peter had fished all night and he caught nothing and Jesus called it, saw him and said, listen, may I use your boat to preach? And he says, well, go ahead. I didn't catch nothing. And Jesus preached off of his boat and then Jesus came back to him and said, listen, here's what I want you to do now. Since you've allowed me to use what you have, I'm going to give you what I have. And the Bible says Jesus told him to cast his net on the right side and go out and catch, catch a, a big drought. And Peter looked because, see, Peter was a professional fisherman. If you ever go and look in those waters, the waters are crystal clear. You can look almost down to the bottom. And so if fish saw a net, they wouldn't swim into it. That's why they fished at night. So it didn't make sense to Peter why they should fish during the day. But if Jesus tells you to do something, you need to do it. And the Bible says he went and did it and caught not only a multitude of fish, he caught so much that his ship began to sink. He caught so much, he had to call other people. His, the Bible called them his partners. They had to come and help him, and their boats began to sink. In other words, God gave him a boat-sinking blessing. 
Can you say amen to that? So that's why they said, well, who can be saved? Because they had some money. I mean, Matthew was a tax collector. He had some money. Luke was a doctor. He had some money. I mean, nobody goes to a broke doctor. I mean, would you go to a doctor and uh, his office was at one of these self-storage places? Not at all. Look in verse 27. Jesus looked on them and he says, with men, it's impossible. But not with God. For with God, how many things are possible? All things are possible. So regardless of what you're going through in your life right now, God has an answer to your problem. Then Peter began to say, we're about to get into what I want to talk about today. Peter began to say, lo, we have left how much? We've left all and have followed you. I've stopped fishing because you asked me to follow you. Now, I want you to notice something. This is not my main point. But notice you have to leave something to receive something. Verse 29. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I say unto you, There is no man, watch this now, that has left house, or brethren, or sisters, or mother, or father, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake, and the gospels, but he shall receive what class? Come on class. He shall receive a hundredfold. Here's my next question. What's the next word in that verse? When? Look at your neighbor and say, that means now. He said, and they will receive a hundredfold now in this time. Watch this. Houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children's lands notice he didn't include wives on that one because you're only supposed to have one he said wives on the front end but not on the back end he says no man has left houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands but here's the part that i want to focus on this morning say the next two words with me with persecutions say it again what Jesus was saying is there is a hundredfold blessing that you can receive, but the qualifier is it comes with persecutions. Now notice the word persecutions has an S on it. And here's why I believe most believers never tap into the hundredfold blessing of God and it's because they can't handle the persecution that comes with it. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not talking to me. Now look at him again and say, he's talking to you though. Now let me define what the dictionary said about uh, the word persecution. It says a program or campaign to exterminate and drive away a people because of what they believe. I'm going to say that again. Persecution, based on the dictionary, is a program, a campaign. I'm going to add a system to, that, to exterminate, drive away, or, watch this, subjugate a people because of their religion or their beliefs. In other words, watch this now. The whole idea of persecution 
is to move you from a place of faith into a place of doubt and unbelief. Can you say amen to that? So here is now my first point if you want to write them down. I do have four points this morning. Here's the first one. The hundredfold level sometimes have next level devils. I'm going to say that again. The 100-fold level sometimes have next-level devils. Say this with me. Say, the 100-fold level sometimes have next-level devils. Amen. And here's the key principle of this morning's teaching. Persecution is designed to take the word from our hearts and rob us from the 100-fold blessing. Now go to Mark, go back over to Mark, chapter, well, we're still in Mark. Uh, I tell you what, I, I want to move on to the next scripture. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 1 Corinthians 16. Now, let me give you a take-home statement. And a take-home statement, all you have to do is write down THS, and I'm going to encourage you to buy today's CD, and here is why. Because you can't absorb everything I'm telling you in one sitting. That's like learning algebra in one sitting. How many know, how many had to sit in algebra more than one time to get it? Amen. I mean, I almost was a repeat in algebra. But here's a take-home statement that I want to give you. Some things that are great comes with those who hate. I'm going to say that again. Some things that are great comes with those who hate. In other words, some opportunities come with some opposition. When President Obama became president, he discovered he had haters he didn't even know he had. And when you go up in levels in life, when you go up in levels, you're going to discover some devils. Can you say amen? In 1 Corinthians 16, look in verse 7. This was Paul talking. He says, for I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permits. Verse 8. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. Now watch this next statement. He says, because a great door. Everybody say a great door. Now that can be translated as a great opportunity he says a great opportunity has opened unto me but then he goes on to say but there are many adversaries in other words I'm telling you today if you want to qualify for the 100 fold blessing you have to understand that our positions Sometimes it's going to company opportunity. And most people are not ready for that. And God will not put you in a situation you can't handle. So if he knows you can't handle the criticism, and he knows you can't handle people talking behind your back and smiling in your face, if he knows you can't handle the pressure of what people are saying about you, at the 100-fold level, he's going to keep you at the level that you are. Can you say amen to that? New levels encounter 
new devils. So here's point number two. I want to now give you a perspective of persecution. I want you to see what persecution is and give you a biblical perspective on persecution. And I have some sub-points in this one. And my first sub-point is this. Persecution is no respect of persons. In other words, persecution doesn't care who you are. It's going to come. In other words, no one is exempt from the impact of persecution. Now go to Acts 13. Go to Acts 13. Let me show you this principle in the life of Paul. Paul tend to have gotten a lot of persecution in his life. And one of the reasons is because he dared to obey what God told him to do. And some of you in this room today, God has a business that he wants to birth in you. But he knows you can't handle the persecution from your family talking about you. So the business hasn't been birthed yet. And he's waiting on you to grow up and mature so you can handle the blessing along with the persecution. In Acts chapter 13, look in verse 50. It says, but the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas. Watch verse 51. But they shook off the dust off of their feet against them, and they came into Iconium. Paul said, listen, I don't care what they are doing against me. He just shook the dust off his feet. And when you want to reach the 100-fold level, because there is a 100-fold level. When you want to reach that and reach it consistently and live at that level, you have to learn to shake some dust off. You say, well, Pastor, what does that mean? You have to shake off what people say about you. You have to shake off what people think about you. Because most of the time, what people think about you is not what God thinks about you. Amen. No one is exempt from the impact of persecution. So number one, persecution is no respect of persons. Here's my other sub point. Persecution, watch this now, is the pawn. How many have played chess before? Okay. Persecution is the pawn to checkmate the leader or the power or the, or the positive influence in your life to remove their influence. In other words... All persecution wants you to do is get in a position to, watch this, leave the state of blessing that you're in. You know why that co-worker is trying to get you to talk about your boss? Because you are the most likely person to move up to the next level. And if you don't handle that persecution right, what will end up happening, you will disqualify yourself for the next level just because you start agreeing with a little devil. Amen. Go to Matthew 26 quickly. Go to Matthew 26. Matthew 26, verse 31. I'm throwing some meat out at you all this morning. I'm throwing some meat at you. Persecution is the pawn to checkmate the leader or positive influence in your life to remove their influence, especially if it's a spiritual influence. I can't tell you how many people have left Word of Truth Family Church because somebody lied on me. 
I'm just going to be real about it. Listen, most of the time, what people say is a contradiction of your experience with me personally. So why would I believe what somebody is saying when my experience with me or with, is different? You understand what I'm saying? It's, it, it, here's what's really sad. When people leave because of what somebody said about me, here's the sad part. They didn't come to me to verify the other side of the story. I mean, don't you want somebody to tell both sides of the story? Amen. And that happens in your life. You have people on your job, they're lying on you. And see, what I have learned is, guess what I'm not going to do? I am not going to give the devil no room. Watch this. I'm not even going to try to defend myself. I'm going to be like Jesus. And the Bible says he was like a sheep at the slaughter. He said not a word. You know why? Because my life is going to speak for itself. My character is going to speak for myself. Your work habits are going to speak for yourself. Your excellence is going to speak for yourself. Can you say amen? In Matthew 26, look in verse 31. Then said Jesus unto them, All you have been offended because of me in this night. Now watch one of the things that persecution does. It says, For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be what? Scattered. In other words, he told them, he says, one of the things, because persecution, part of the persecution process is offenses. And he says, you all are going to be offended because of me this night. And one of the things that offense does, it causes people to scatter. Now, let me tell you something good, because I've learned this from personal experience. Offense is the secret weapon that makes persecution work. The devil has secret weapons. You know how in war, they, you know, you have secret weapons? See, they don't tell us everything that they have in our military because if they did, our enemies would find our information out. So there are certain secrets. And offense is the secret weapon that, the, that makes persecution work. And offense is always based on, listen to this now, offense is always based on a lie. Or an unspoken expectation, or an unrealistic expectation, or something that was said or done that directly or indirectly offended a person. See, you can get offended about somebody, and they didn't even do nothing to you. It's just that they did it to your friend. Listen, don't pick up your co-worker's offense. You don't know the other side to the story. The reason why they got reprimanded is because uh, you don't know that they stole some supplies from the office and the boss found out about it. And all they're telling you is, he hating on me, he reprimanded me. Well, come on, there's a reason why. Amen. So offense is like high blood pressure. It's the silent killer of faith and blessing. That's why I tell people, clear stuff up. If you're in a marriage, that's why the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Get it together. Can you say amen to that? 
Now go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Let me show you again that the 100-fold blessing can be contaminated by offense. Mark chapter 4, look in verse 16. It says, and these are they, this was a parable about the seed. It says, and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. These are people when they have heard the word, immediately they received it with gladness. Man, you come in here, you hear the word, and man, you get excited about the word, and you get out of here, and the Bible says they have no root in themselves, and so they endure for a while. But when affliction, and what else, class? Come on, class. And persecution arises, watch this, for the word's sake. Immediately, they are what? Offended. Listen, when persecution is coming in your life, the goal of that persecution is to dig the word up that you have in your heart because the word produces faith and faith produces results. And so when you're going through persecution, when people are doing you wrong, when people are talking about you, or when situations are going against your favor, you got to realize that's not the time to throw in the towel. Can you say amen to that? And here's the sad thing. Most lies are believed out of deception or mainly out of the condition of a bad heart and a defiled mind of the person who believed it. You say, well, Pastor, go to Titus. Go to Titus chapter 1. In fact, can you put Titus 1 on the screen, and maybe y'all won't have to go to Titus 1. Maybe we can read it on the screen. Titus chapter 1, verses uh, 12. I think that's where I want to go. Or is it verse 15? Let me see here. Uh, go to verse 15 for me. Titus chapter 1, verses 15. This is interesting. Watch this now. It says, unto the pure, how many things are pure? All things are pure, but unto them that are defiled, what happens? He says, defiled and unbelieving, there is nothing what? Pure. Even their mind and their conscience is defiled. And that's why you have to watch who's putting information into your mind. Because if you don't watch it, that information will defile you and contaminate you. And the whole goal is to shut down your faith. Can you say amen to that? Uh, in Luke chapter 7, verse 22 and 23, you don't have to turn there. I want to read it. It says, and then Jesus answered and said unto them, go your way and tell John what things you've seen and you've heard, how the blind see and the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised to the poor, the gospel is preached. And then he says in verse 23 something that's very powerful. He says, and blessed is he whoever shall not be what? Offended in me. The word blessed there means happy. So watch this. Offense stops blessings and happiness in our lives. Can you say amen? So here's my next point. Here's my third point. Persecution requires preparation. Touch your neighbor and say, you better get this. Persecution requires preparation. In other words, you got to get ready. You listen, when you when they when these cowboys go to training camp, they're not going there to just eat popsicles. 
They are working out, man. They are getting ready because they know they're going to have to face an opponent that is trying to beat them. Well, persecution requires preparation. In other words, my faith from the word needs to prepare me for what I have heard. I'm going to say that again. Faith from the word prepares me for what I may have heard. You say, well, pastor, what do you mean? Let me just remind you now that the, the whole principle behind persecution is designed to take the word from your hearts and rob us from the hundredfold blessing. Now go back to Mark chapter 4. Go back, go back to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 15. That was the one I gave you originally. Mark chapter 4, verse 15. Let me show you what happens when persecu persecution, uh, when a person is not ready for it. Uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 15. It says, and these are they that, that are by the wayside where the word is sown, and when they have heard the word, Satan comes when? Immediately. That's why the best time to have a fight if you married is right after church. Have you noticed that the devil really pushes? I mean, he just takes a conversation on what we're going to eat. Babe, where you want to go? I don't know where you want to go. Well, I don't know. Well, can you just make up your mind? Well, why don't you make up your mind? And next thing you know, we're in a fight. We just left church. We're fighting over what we're going to eat. It's because the devil is trying to get that word immediately. That's why the first thing I do when I leave church on a Sunday is when I'm driving home, I put the CD that I just heard in my cassette or CD player and I listen to it again before I get home. Amen. Verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness. They have no root in themselves but they endure but for a time and afterwards when affliction or persecution rise for the world's sake they are offended. Anytime, watch this now, you are exposed to the word, the virus of persecution is trying to download into your heart and contaminate your faith. I wonder what persecution you are facing that the devil is trying to dig the word of faith up out of your life. Can you say amen to that? Go to Acts 13. I know I'm turning to some verses, but see, God is trying to move some of you all up. Some of you all have gotten comfortable at the 30-fold level. You know, there are three, he says there's 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. Some of you all are happy at 30. I'm telling you there's more to 30. But I'm telling you to go from 30 to 60, there's going to be some persecution. Can you say amen to that? Watch this now. Acts 13, I'm going to start in verse 47. For so has the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set, to, to set you to be the light of the Gentiles, for you should be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. Verse 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. Notice the word is why they got happy. And many were ordained to eternal life and believed. Verse 49. And the what class? Come on class. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. In other words, the word began to grow. 
But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution. What I'm saying is when you get exposed to the word, you have a high probability of persecution coming your way. But then I have the next point. How to prevent the impact of persecution. That's point number four, how to prevent the impact of persecution. Because persecution is going to come. It's going to come. But see, we need to be ready for it when it comes. Can you say amen? So here's the first thing that you need to do to prevent the impact of persecution. Number one, you must have spiritually thick skin. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get some spiritual thick skin. See, when you have thick spiritual skin, the negative opinions and thoughts from others don't bother you. I I love Acts. Go to Acts 20 quickly. Acts chapter 20. He's going to put it up on the screen or they're going to put it up on the screen. I love Paul's attitude when it came to persecution because it, it, it helped me see he had some thick skin. And some of us are too sensitive Come on, you started your business, started your little car wash business, and none in your family won't let you wash their car. Here comes offense, offense. You got to get some thick skin. Watch it says in Acts 20. And now behold, this is Paul. He says, I'm going bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that are going to go before me. Except that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city saying that the bonds and afflictions abide. Watch this. Verse 24 is what I want you to see. He says, but none of these things, come on, say it, move me. He says, I'm about doing what God's called me to do. And regardless of what is trying to happen to me, none of these things are going to move me. I may not have gotten the, watch this, I may not have gotten promoted the first time, but it's not going to move me. I may not have been the one that they picked to be on this council, but it's not going to move me. He said, none of these things move. You have to have thick spiritual skin. Here's number two. You must be rooted in the word because when you have good roots, watch this, you will recognize negative fruit. I'm going to say that again. You must be rooted in the word because when you have good roots, you will recognize negative fruit. Now, let's go back to Mark 4, and uh, I'm going to try to make this my last one. Mark chapter 4, and let's look in verse 20 now. Mark 4, verse 20. It says, and these are they which are sown on good ground. These are people when they hear the word, they receive that word, they guard that word, they hear it. They receive it and they bring forth fruit. Read it with me. Somewhat 30-fold, somewhat 60, and somewhat. Listen, your word level will determine your ability to handle persecution levels. Your word level will determine how you handle persecution levels. Here's the next one. You must know that God will always deliver you from persecution. 
He will always deliver you. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, you don't have to turn there. In verse 10 and 11, Paul says that, uh, he says, persecution and afflictions which came to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. He says, what persecutions I endured. He says, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Amen. Here's the next one. I'm talking about now how to prevent that persecution from impacting you. You must control your company and your conversation. This is the big one right here because some of you all have let people talk you out of a place you should have been. Amen. Now, in 1 Corinthians, I want you to turn to this one. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. I'm going to read it in several versions, but I just want you to read it in the King James. Here's my point now about persecution. You must control your company and your conversation because, see, sometimes who you're around can mess you up. Listen, this is before I was saved. I know this principle is true because I saw it true before I even belonged to Jesus Christ. I used to have this friend named Danny. Danny was a little short fella. Danny was a preacher's son. But Danny was a bad influence. Now, I'd have went 12 years through high school and almost a whole year through college and had never, ever, ever desired drugs, although some of my friends smoked it and offered me weed all the time. I just didn't want to do that. And I didn't care what they thought about it. But here we come. Here go Danny. Preacher's son, little bitty fellow. And now, uh, one day we were, uh, you know, if you're from the Metroplex, you, you know, back in the day, Keith Park was the park you went to on the weekend. Yeah, we got some old heads in here. And what you did, you know, you cleaned your car up, put some armor all on your tires. Come on, Antoine, you know what I'm talking about. And you get in your car. And you cruise through Keith Park, Keith Park. And sometimes you would park, you know, on the side. And, and so Danny and me and some of my friends uh, were at the park. And, uh, you know, we wanted to get high. So none of us had weed paper. So Danny goes in the line where people were driving, cruising around, stopping people, asking them, hey, you got some weed paper? You got some weed paper? You got some weed paper? And so there was one guy who had some weed paper. He stopped and he gave it to Danny. Well, the guy behind him got upset because Danny was holding up traffic. So next thing you know, 15 minutes later, you know, uh, we, we getting high. I'm, I'm happy right about now. <laughs> I'm leaning. You know, I had a Nova, and I'm leaning against the windshield. And this guy walks up to me and walks right up to my face and he says, uh, where is that dude at? I was like, what dude? He was like, that dude, your friend. I was like, well, he gone. Where is he at? I said, I'm not telling you. And all of a sudden, he just reared back and hit me. Bam! What happened was the park police gave that guy a ticket for, holding, for, for Danny holding him up for the traffic. And so he got upset with me because Danny was my friend. In other words, had I never been with Danny, I'd have never gotten that fight. <laughs> By the way, we did win that fight because it was more of us than them. And so, of course, you know, y'all know the end of the story. We won. 
Watch 1 Corinthians 15.33. I got to close with this. It says, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. I'm going to read that in the Amplified. It says this, do not be so deceived and misled. Evil companionships, communion, and associations corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and character. Don't think who you hang out with don't, don't hurt you or help you. Watch this. The Living Bible says, don't be fooled by those who say such things. If you listen to them, you will start acting like them. Listen, negative people can produce unnecessary persecution. Danny created unnecessary persecution in my life that day. Can you say amen? The Bible says in Galatians 5, which is one of my favorite verses, it says, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? The message version says, you were running superbly. Who cut in on you, deflecting you from the true course of obedience? This detour doesn't come from the one who called you into this race in the first place. In other words, there are some people that shouldn't even be in your life. And I say this, and I'm going to close. I knew I took some time on this. Hot dog. I'm already past my time. It's 1032. Can I tell you something? When you change levels, sometimes your friends have to change. Oh, so you think your, your friend can handle you driving that Porsche when they driving a Pinto? You really think that? You really think your friend can handle you having a business and they still on welfare? You really think that? You really think they're going to just rejoice in your five-bedroom house when, you, when they are still in a trailer home? Come on now. Your friends have to change when your level changes and many of us don't want to change friends. You must maintain an overcomer's attitude when persecution comes. Somebody can just play behind me. Watch this. Romans 8 says, we know all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to In other words, when you're experiencing persecution maintain an overcomer's attitude don't stoop to the level of the flesh you'll never beat the devil at his level no 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 I told somebody this week I said when you find yourself in a tempting situation I know Jesus and they have the braces what would Jesus do and I know that's a good question to ask none of us have seen Jesus so why don't you just ask would Pastor Evan do this would Pastor Evan, Evan cheat on his wife what's the answer to that no you think Pastor Evan's gonna steal come on tell no you, I mean do you think that I am going to go and get upset at the mall and cuss everybody out that I see? Come on, will I do that? It ain't hard to know whether, you, you know, I, I know you know the Bible, but when you know the spirit of your leader, all you got to do is say, would he do that? That'll keep you out of a lot of trouble just right there. And I believe there are some people that God wants to raise and prepare you for a hundredfold level. But you're not ready on the inside for what that's going to cost. So you say, Pastor, how do I get there? 
every head bowed and every eye closed. How do I get there? The only way is to take a word like this and get it in your spirit. Because the only thing that's stopping you from reaching the hundredfold level is your ability to handle persecution. And Father, I thank you today for this church. I thank you, Father, that on your heart today is a desire to bring them to the hundredfold level. But we have to prepare ourselves. And Father, I'm asking you now that you will strengthen every person right now. Strengthen their hearts, strengthen their minds, strengthen their emotions. Help them, Father, to stand and see. Stand still and know that you're God. And Lord, as they maintain an overcomer's attitude when it comes to persecution, they'll look back and see that they not only have grown, but Father, you have blessed them to be a blessing. And I declare over Word of Truth Family Church and those who are listening right now, I declare a hundredfold blessing beginning to come into your life and I declare you're going to handle persecution properly you're not going to cry and belly ache but you're going to stand on the word that says that God is for you who can be against you you're going to stand on his word that says he's going to work things out together for your good you're going to stand on his word that says if there's anything too hard for God you're going to stand on his word and I thank you today God that their eyes haven't seen and their ears haven't heard and neither has it entered into their hearts the things that you have prepared for them. And I thank you for them in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, you may be here today. Here's my question. If you died today.